Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Misa Kwonga. I'm Ryan Hunt. Ryan, how are you doing? I'm right, thanks man. How are you? Very well indeed. Do you know what Very I'm really well. enjoying at the moment? What's that? I'm really enjoying your slight variations on the intro just in terms of tonality. Trying to mix it up. It's just... Keep them guessing. It's, it's, it's fun, man. I like it. It's like when you, you know when you see, um, when you see, see like one of your favorite musicians live or your favorite bands live and they'll do a ah, slight variation on, on a live thing and you'll be like, oh, I love the way that they slightly change the vocal on that bit in that classic chorus. That's what I'm doing, changing up the classic chorus. Yeah. It's like some MCs, they put, they go around an extra eight bars. Yeah. And so you're like, you come in earlier in your head and you're like, oh no. <laughs> yes. Anyway, should we do admin? Is Let's there any admin? There is one bit. I just wrote um, an essay in advance of the World Cup, uh, which is going up very soon. Ringer.com forward slash soccer. So yeah, that's going up soon-ish. It's written, nice. it's edited. Connor has worked his magic with it, so it'll be up soon. Shout out to Connor Nevins. Always. One of the greats. Wright's House went up on Tuesday. Florence Lloyd-Hughes and Musa Okwanga joined Great, great fun Wright. it was too. Yes, who was back from his adventures. It was good. Many adventures, yeah. Uh, go find it now on the Wright's House feed. Search for it on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. All right, today we are going to talk about Women's Champions League that happened Wednesday night. We're going to talk about the Men's Champions League that happened Tuesday and Wednesday because pretty much all of the groups were decided bar one. Or mm. no, I think the Spurs group, Spurs Sporting Marseille and Eintracht is the only group that, that nothing has been decided. Open, yeah, yeah. How cool is that? Um, there was loads of loads of late drama in the Men's Champions League. So we'll, we'll focus on that this week. But before we, we, we get into that, let's talk about the Women's Champions League because it's match day two. Still the early stages of the group stage. Mm. Chelsea beating Vlasnia 8-0. A hat-trick mm. from Sam Kerr and a hat-trick from Penilla Harder at Those Kings two. Meadow. 
You know, there's something about obviously, they, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, uh, Chelsea have vastly superior resources, but there was something about the way that Chelsea attacked. Where I thought, mm. you know, I don't, I don't like, you know, it's it's never nice for those teams to, to receive the thrashings, but for the big teams, I like they're taking it seriously. Yeah, me too. You know, nothing to chance in that sense. Um, yeah, and also we saw some big teams get you get know cooked. get bitten hard last yeah, season in the yep. um, in the group stages by in matches where they. Th- maybe underestimated the opposition. So that's a really good point about people just taking it way more seriously. Yeah, because Not way di- more Chelsea, because that well, sounds, no, like, it, Chelsea, sounds no, like Chelsea, haven't. Chelsea specifically got caught cold last season. The Wolfsburg thing, you know, that was a self-inflicted defeat. Uh, well, well, the turning the three all, that was a self-inflicted result. And that is where Chelsea's decline began. And they're leaving nothing to chance this year. And I really, mm. I respect that, to be honest. And um, the other game in that group, Real Madrid holding PSG to a 0-0 draw in Madrid, mm. which means that they are in second in that group, two points mm. behind Chelsea, PSG in third on a single point. Um, they obviously lost to Chelsea 1-0 on the opening match day. And Vlasny at bottom of the group. Yeah. Madrid very resilient, got to be said. Yeah. Could we just shout out that Caroline Weir touch and back heel pass in this game? Because it was absolutely unbelievable. I was saying oh, this in the group. I was saying this God. in the group. Here's a player. I had to watch it three times to work out what happened. I said this so in the group. Good. Like, this is... um a player who there's never a wasted, there's never she's, like a wasted skill. They dude, do spectacular stuff. There's a point to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's just amazing. And it was such a cool move for her, I think. Yeah, I love it. It's funny having her and like Kira Walsh in the same, same as the league. opposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the opposition isn't, that's interesting, that axis. Yeah. And both players who are almost so good that they got kind of went, not under the radar, but their, their excellence was just assumed. You know, like City would bring players in and other players would get bigger headlines afterwards because everyone, everyone just assumed an eight out of 10 from those two. Mm. Uh, let's go to Group B quick because it was an absolutely unbelievable game between Poulton and Roma. Poulton going 2-0 up and Roma getting a goal back on the 75th minute and by the 80th minute, they were ahead 3-2. An unbelievable comeback and then they got a fourth with a few minutes to go and Poulton got another one back. I think Poulton were not expected to do that well, actually, this tournament. They were super good, especially in that first half. That, that victory for Roma was really needed because it could have made the group stage a little bit tricky for them. They've got, they've got uh, the back-to-back against Wolfsburg next. Yeah, who were good. Who were good actually the other day too. Yeah, I mean, Wolfsburg beat Slavia like, Prague yeah. 2-0. And we've seen before over the last few years that Slavia Prague is not an easy place to go, actually. Yeah. Sometimes it can be easy, but sometimes they can make it difficult for teams. And I think Wolfsburg, like you said, very, very kind of efficient um, it's kind of the story of the season so far. They're, they're still um, easing through the gears. I mean, we, spoke, yeah. we said before about how they're using players from the bench, like, like mm. Brad, well, well Brad was, a, Brad was really impressive yeah. the other day, actually, really impressive against um, Prague. But I just feel like they're keeping their powder dry in quite an interesting way. In a commanding position early on in the league, Yeah, they'll probably go through this group unless they, you know, they yet to concede a goal in the first two games. Two games against Roma coming up. Um, they should come through this group pretty comfortably I yep. think and actually if they do which I assume they will do mm. they're, they're looking very very good early on yeah yeah they, they have sharply improved and also like they've battle hardened like those players that came through the squad mm. the three young ones in particular Oberdorf uh, Brand and Jönstertier like the experience they had this summer in particular mm. has really been good for them I think um, so yeah they're exciting they're, they're a good well, they're always going to be a good tip for this title but I think they'll, um, they'll be pretty impressive this time around four more games tonight Rosengord Barcelona, Juve Lyon, Arsenal, Zurich, and Benfica against Bayern. Ooh, that's the pick, maybe. The last one we need to pick. Yes. Yeah. Let's get on to the Men's Champions League after this. Uh, all right, man, I have a question. Sure. I have a theory, and I want to write by you. So, 
the Europa League used to get a lot of shit from people. Mm. And the Champions League was kind of like, it was like the Europa League was queuing to get in the club and the Champions League would just breeze past and get waved straight through. <laughs> I think over the last couple of years, last couple of seasons specifically, mm. that the Europa League has been known probably as the chaos, more of the chaos tournament. Mm. Arguably the better tournament. As yep. Overall, yeah. the Champions League has decided to bring the chaos into the group stages more and more than it has done in the past. Because the narrative around the Champions League has always been Group stages are a bit dead. It doesn't really kick off until the knockouts. Mm. It f- really feels like a little bit last year, but more so this season. Right. That the Champions League is like, no, we need to, we need to, we need to turn the group stages up to eleven a little bit actually, because the, <laughs> the Europa League is stealing our our thunder. Why is? <laughs> and they only do it on one night. It's such a it's efficient chaos. The, the Europa League, whereas the Champions League is very much like. It's bloated extravagance. You're saying the Champions League got chaos envy from the Europa League. I think the Champions League got complacent. That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. The Champions League is like the Champions League is like the the big corporation that that didn't let anyone work from home. Wow. Okay. Yeah. You know I mean? okay. I the see Europa that. League I see is just yeah. this like yeah you can work you can work remote whatever you want you only have to do a four day week as well and they're actually more productive and then That's one day the one day employees of both leagues meet and they compare notes just by chance oh and they're like yeah. what you get to do that you get to do that yeah, yeah. that's interesting it's funny because I mentioned actually that. sorry to cut in but that my, that theory stacks up because it does stack up. Big companies never let anyone work from home until the pandemic. And then they realized it worked. And the Champions League has only really been more chaotic post-pandemic in the work from home era. That's true. That's very true, actually. The Champions League has always sort of prided itself as a mature progression through the gears. And you have, look, you do have chaos elements like Shakhtar Donetsk. Shakhtar do their best to make the group stages as chaotic as possible. And, you know, respect them for flying the flag. Respect them for always drawing Real Madrid. Like, almost at this point, that group becomes, is pre-printed. Okay, Real Madrid, man. They see Shakhtar come out and they're like, argh, argh, not again, man. It's you know, like I'd, be a, interested in, I'd be interested in seeing how many couples have met from going to like Real Shakhtar games. There must be like yeah. a sort of Spanish-Ukrainian like pen pal group just because they play each other so often. It's like, oh yeah, see you next time. Have, 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 uh, have you seen Atlanta? No, 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 haven't seen it. <sighs> I've only seen the first, like the first season, I think. The first season? Well, you know when they do the charity basketball game? And there's that young upstart local rapper Justin, who's called Justin Bieber. Right, yes. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes. Real Madrid are like Paperboy and they're Justin Bieber as Shakhtar. Just like, fuck <laughs> yes. man, this guy rocks up and he's just like, I fucking hate this guy. Not again, yes. what the hell? <laughs> and everyone's just like, Shakhtar, Shakhtar. And Real Madrid are like, what about us, man? We want all this shit. <laughs> that is exactly it. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, so you see. To turn up to Real Madrid, I know we reference this game so much, but to turn up to Real Madrid, with like 15 players or whatever it was missing with COVID. Yeah. Building a, basically a youth team and beating them at home. Yeah. Was Amazing. just like, it's one of the best group stage results in the last however But didn't long. they still go out of the group stage? I think so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. That's it. I think we've, we've, we've fixed, we found the, the, the theory. Well, what's amazing about this year's Champions League is there are so many clubs on journeys, right? Mm. Sporting are on a journey. Brugge are on a journey in a different way. Porto, like all these teams have got like really interesting arcs. I mean, Sporting flew out the blocks, stumbled a bit, nearly lost, pulled it back. Brugge flew out the blocks and then got humbled. Porto just kind of doing their thing, easing through the gears. People not quite paying attention to them until it was too late. There's just so many in the mix. And then Benfica just quietly brilliant. You know, 
Well, not quite. Oh my brilliant. god, not quite. I was going to say they were so loudly well, brilliant. But only because of the two games against PSG tactically, where they were like, "Hang on mm. a minute!" Like PSG gave them the flamethrower. Like, Hang on a minute, but they're flame resistant. What's going on here? Like it, it was a really interesting thing to watch them. So it's nice them getting their shine slowly. Um, but yeah, just so many interesting narratives. And then of course, you know, Napoli being Napoli. But should we oh. should we start one game in particular? Should we start? Um, Okay, so I think there's, there are two games that we can start with. I, I think we should start in Madrid. Really? Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Fair enough, fair enough. Let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. Because this was seismic, this moment. It was, and it, it's, it was so seismic that we might always risk not giving Leverkusen the props. You know what I mean? So yeah. we'll get, we'll get, so, so very, very quickly. So obviously, Chabi Alonso, they've had, it's like a diff, difficult start, I think, it's time to Leverkusen. Some, some peaks, some troughs. I think more troughs than peaks, I would say. Really, really great that he's got uh, Diaby and Hudson Odoi um, scoring, playing with fluidity, some style. Yeah, I mean, really on the by, on the Bayer Leverkusen thing, just to jump in really quick because I was yeah. Jonathan Harding, uh, I think wrote a tweet or a piece about this, or maybe both about um, when they lost in the Champions League, but there was just some good signs there. And even mm. though the results maybe haven't been amazing under Jabby Alonso so far, maybe by that first home game, yeah, in the league, there have been phases of play that you've been like, okay, this is. There is definitely right? signs yeah. for encouragement, and yeah, I think you can see it. Yeah, I think Bayer Leverkusen did a really good job. I mean, they, this was, what, they, they came needed away to win to point, stay in, right? Yeah. yeah. So Atleti needed to win the game to stay in with a shout of qualifying for the next stage of the Champions League. They drew to all, but there was a moment after the final whistle. So the, <laughs> the referee blew for the final whistle, and then all of a sudden, it, there was some rumblings going around. Oh, hang on, there's been a VAR check from that corner. And it was really funny, actually, because the only thing that I'd noticed on that final corner where the VAR check happened was Oblak absolutely scything yes. down. And going almost like horizontal. Yeah, it was wild. That's all you could see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like when you accidentally pressed the wrong button on FIFA. And you're like, oh, shit, someone's like, someone's changed it to Pro Evo buttons and I'm slap tackling <laughs> instead of trying to press. And because Oblak's presence is so significant, it was like watching a sort of great white shark appear in the penalty area like you can't see anything else so when he was there all I could see was Oblak and then I was like oh something else has happened and then you see the replay and it's like two Leverkusen players have handballed it or the, the, the ball has hit two yeah. two hands as it's gone through t- towards Oblak or, or definitely one hand and, and, a, and, a, and a maybe above maybe below the sleeve right 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 whatever the thing is now and neither necessarily look intentional but you know ball to hand hand to ball whatever they look like you can see where the penalty is given right so they could not believe yeah. it on German yeah. commentary. They could yeah. not believe it. They were just like, this rule needs changing. Yeah. You know, but it is the rule. They were like, this is the law. No, this is the law at the moment. This is the current interpretation of the law. But they were just saying that like, basically this law is garbage. <laughs> like, Can I sound selfish though? Can I sound selfish? I liked the law because it gave me all my vitamins. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> cut to, like whilst all this is going on, it, it would be like, cut to Musa and he's got like a silk robe on on like a chaise lounge and he's just like <laughs> just putting grapes in his mouth just hang just being like yes that's, yes that's, that's cinema that's cinema <laughs> more red cards <laughs> but that wasn't even the end of the drama it wasn't so Carrasco Yannick Carrasco yeah. takes, goes up to take the penalty Lucas Radecki saves the penalty yeah is it Antoine Griezmann follows up or is it Rodrigo De Paul? I think it's. I, th- I think it's De. Pa- no, who I hits the bar? De- yeah, I it's- think it's De Paul or Griezmann. I can't remember who it was. I just saw a blonde head heads the ball against, against the, the bar. bar, and probably should have scored it actually. But you can see what they didn't. And then there's another follow up which catches, I think, Carrasco on Carrasco. the back of the heel yes. and goes wide, and it's just, and then that's it, full time. That's it. That's game. 
But then they were thinking, then there was another check because I think they were checking for encroachment. And I think it, I think there were one or two players of both sides encroaching, right? So does that just cancel it out? It doesn't. It's encroachment. It should be encroachment. It should have been encroachment. It should have been encroachment. Right, right. So they should have taken it again. But at that point, the VR officials probably left the stadium fearing for their own safety. (laughs) He'd be like airlifted out of there. (laughs) If I could cut to the VAR office, they're all shredding documents. Can I say, (laughs) I'm not not a big fan of meta and the virtual universe, but if there was ever a use for it, (laughs) if there's ever a use for like actually doing the VR remotely, yeah, well, I saw this thing yeah. that they said on Meta, they were like, now in the Metaverse, we've added leg. And maybe the only reason of that is so they could see the VAR officials <laughs> s- scampering out of the, the European <laughs> Stockley Park. <laughs> and actually, oh, when they do, they're going to put a little Metaverse sound effect over, you know, like when Fred Flintstone's like getting ready. To <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> what a silly sport. Can we just stop for a second? Because like, Seriously, we'll talk about the Spurs, what happened in the Spurs game as well in a minute. But like, football has fundamentally changed to a beyond seismic level. Yes, in just a few years, it's unreal. It's unreal. And it, I think it finally hit me last night. Actually, yeah, this is great entertainment in, in a sense. As someone sat at home, and we've kind of seen this in in bits. But actually, if you stop for a second, if everyone's just like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hang on a minute. Hang on. Everyone just fucking shh, 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 shh. And then you hear like, you're at a party and everyone's looking for Dave. And every, but there's mute, and everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And like, you can just hear this like, oh, oh. And Dave's like trapped down the back of the sofa or something because it's a really big sofa. I don't know. That's kind of what it felt like. It really felt like, hang on a minute. Have, we, we really need to stop for a sec because this has fundamentally changed football. I, and I can't remember a sport being this, maybe there has been, maybe I'm just being massively melodramatic. I can't remember a sport of this profile being changed to this degree in such a short space of time. Well, you say that, but the back pass rule transformed everything. The back pass rule transformed uh, No, no, every- no, it's different though. It's different though, because I think that- The flow of the game, yes. And the, yes, yeah. but what I'm talking about in terms of like, the game still flowed anyway when the back pass, like the the clock, the the game was still being played. This this is something completely different. I think. Oh, it, it, don't get me wrong. It is. It is. It is. Well, I think it's a step. It's a step further. But then, this is an absurd game. People go, oh, football. Oh, the change. So, like you said, it's a fundamentally absurd concept. All of this. Oh, oh, look, these men are going to inflate that thing and then run around after it. And these women are going to inflate it and chase around after it. And that's a game. And that's the thing that everyone's going to be obsessed with. And people are going to spend all this money. It's ridiculous. It's fundamentally absurd. So if an absurd thing happens within football, you're like, well, again, I hate to say it, but they knew what this was, right? Yeah, dude, honestly, the amount of times in this, since we started doing Stadio, when I've, it's dawned on me that this is our job and I'm just like, this is such a silly sport. It is a silly sport. So then don't get me wrong. Yes, the changes are frustrating. But to me, it's like, well... Part and parcel. You fucking love it. Don't like, listen, honestly, I'm here being like, oh, you know, oh my God, like really getting like, getting all Charlie Brown on it. <laughs> this is just like Lucy. Just, come on, what are you doing? Like, well, I'm just like, well, I just, my thing is like, well, life is short. Like, life is short, you know, just go with it. It's, look, the fact is a VAR, right? It, yes, it is frustrating because someone can be offside by a sleeve and a great goal is disallowed or a vital goal is disallowed. And at the same time, 
these decisions were correct. Like, uh, okay, right. But let's move, right. Before we move on from... I mean, it's um, going to be out of the VR debate. We need to talk anyway. about Spurs. Yeah. yeah, we need to talk about yeah. Spurs. But let's, so basically that result for Atleti means they're out completely. They're out of the, they're out of the Champions League. Um, they could still qualify for the Europa League if results go their way on the final day, of the, on the final match day. Mm. Um, but Atleti, honestly, this is one of the first times I've looked at Diego Simeone and just been like, you know, they're making Atleti. They've make, gone back. They look they like make, they've gone back to. They've gone, here's the thing about. Yeah, they've gone backwards. So Sevilla out, Champions League. Barcelona mm. out, Atleti out. Do you want to hear a stat? What's that? From Dermot Corrigan. It's the first time ever that three Spanish teams have gone out in the Champions League group stages and they are all out with one round of games to play. Because here's the thing, the measure of quality is the Champions League, right? So if you're not matching mm. up a Champions League level, Atleti have made some promising developments in La Liga, but that is also partly because their resources are so significant that they should be doing that. Atleti are performing to par, to be honest, right? They're below par on a European benchmark. Mm. And they've slipped back to an extent where that they never looked, for the last two years, let's be frank, well, since the pandemic, weirdly enough, they've never looked like a team that could win the entire thing. When the pandemic came mm. along, it looked like Atleti had finally cracked it. Yeah, that and night outfield was the final one, wasn't Yeah, it? and now they've just gone backwards. And it's such a sliding doors moment, the pandemic for them. But really now at this point, I'm thinking, you're not, you're not a powerhouse at this point. Um, or you're not playing like a powerhouse, to be fair. Now we've seen from teams like Napoli, how quickly you can turn things around. You can turn things around and they have the resources to do it. But at this point, man, anyway, uh, but onto Spurs, um, onto Spurs, actually, should we get to the Spurs sporting? I mean, yeah, before we do, should we just quickly touch on Bayern beating Barca because Barca were done before the the game anyway, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because of Inter's result. And, um, but Bayern were really good. They needed yeah, this. And actually, do you know what Bayern was really interesting this. about this? On the Sadio Mane goal, yeah. how quick Hector looked. Because Mane is no slouch. And a lot of people have been going on about Hector Bellerin's pace in the last few years. But he was, he basically kept up with him. Mane just, had to take it Mane wide. Had, he had, yeah. to, Mane had to cut away. He had to go, go on an angle for that. Yeah, no, that yeah. was a good point, actually. Bellerin looked good. Um, I Bellerin's well, been, what anyway. I've seen from him this season, I think Bellerin's looked good. Um, but yeah, Barca, I mean... Can you win a Champions League? Can you go through a Champions League group stage with Marcus Alonso playing centre-back? <sighs> Nothing new there. I, w- I would say this, that Bayern needed this victory, I think. Well, Mane needed this goal, I would say. Mm. Gnabry was really impressive. And I think that Bayern are kind of moving through the gears quite impressively. Still not fully sure how good they are. Not that they're not, they're Bayern, they're Bayern, right? Don't get me wrong. What I yeah. mean is, in terms of like, are they my absolute front runners? Or are they in the kind of chasing pack? I'm still feeding chasing pack for them. Do you want to hear still. a cool stat about Bayern? Well, Please, Julian yeah. Nagelsmann in particular. He's the mm. first manager in history to win four times against Barcelona. Wow. Jose Mourinho's next with three. Goodness. Look, and here's the thing. It sounds sad to say this, but like, not sour to say this, that actually is more reflection on Barcelona than it is, than it is on Nagelsmann, actually. Mm. Not that he's not a great coach. It's more like the, the period they're in is extremely, that's a strange one. The sad thing is for Barca, it couldn't have gone worse. Mm. After their big bet this summer, and we've discussed the merits of that, but they needed a bit of luck and it just could not have gone worse for them. Specifically with the injuries, I think. But anyway, but yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think for, for, for Barca, I think they signed some really good players. Mm. I still think, I feel like I'm repeating the same lines. I don't think they needed to sign them all. And I think that what they sacrificed for them and it hasn't paid off for a second year in a row 
this is the grim thing for Barca. You know what's happened? They signed a lot of players, some of whom they didn't need, and they ended up having to rely on the ones they didn't need, the ones they probably shouldn't have bought. This is the thing. The players they've had to rely on on this run, who in my opinion should not have been in the squad, and those are the ones who've cost them. This is a painful, this is my, this is my take on it anyway. How to say this without kind of going too deep on Barca, because I feel like we do it all the time. Mm. So basically, I think if Barcelona don't sign a few of the players that they do sign, they essentially have a quite a trimmed squad in terms of age profile, actually, yes. because they can, they can, in, and, and I think that would free them up a little bit more in a playing sense. Mm. Javi would be able to implement a little bit more of whatever his style actually is on those young players, because I think that they would be, it's very reminiscent in a sense to what Arteta tried to do. Yes. Actually, yes, you need you need a few windows to clear out some people. But what Barcelona have done is essentially got rid of a couple of people that are older and maybe not they don't deem as um, valuable, and replaced them with some people who are just as old and won't be as valuable in the long term. But mm. it creates this really confused mess. Yes, absolutely. I think we've seen it before. With I, I use Arsenal as a reference because I think in terms of the last few years, they're a really good example. They've done a lot of stuff wrong, Arsenal, in the last few years, don't get me wrong, but I think mm. what they have done really well is is go from a place of complete chaos and being like, what the actual fuck is this football club trying to do? Mm. Which is very much what Barcelona are doing. But on a bigger scale, actually. Yeah, it's what to, Klopp had to do when Klopp arrived. 100% to um, actually, okay, no one's really complaining about the, the process at Arsenal because everyone it's clearly been identified and there's clearly been a direction of travel that's taken a little bit longer. What Barcelona weren't prepared to do, and it's something that we've talked about a few times actually, is they weren't prepared to take the step back. No, that's right. That's right. And what has actually happened is that they've kind of taken two steps back, really. Two consecutive, consecutive steps back last season and this season. I don't think Anyone at Barcelona could have imagined they would have gone two seasons in a row dropping out of the Champions League group stage. I think that the process should have been different this season to last season, especially because it cost them their greatest ever player last season, or the mm. season before, at the beginning of last season, the season before, whatever. I don't know, man. I think it's just, it's a bit of a muddle. They, they, they sometimes get it really right. You know, in the league, they've been pretty good in some games. I think when and they even come in, against, even in the Champions League, this is the sad thing, even yeah. some of the performances... Um, I think Barcelev tweeted, he said, my goodness, the first time we go out of the group and it's the first time we've deserved to lose a game. And I think it's interesting. If you look at like some of those early games, the way that Bayern in the first half, they were brilliant at Bayern. They were brilliant. Inter as well, really strong performances early in the stages, so in the, early in those games. So a lack of decisiveness and small margins. But again, the problem is the small margins where they were not decisive are the margins that you were afraid they wouldn't be. And you could, they were telegraphed. You could see why those things wouldn't work. So yeah, anyway, um, I hope they sort it out because, uh, you know, they're a great institution, a great club and the supporters I think deserve better. But anyway. Yeah. So it's as it is, as it yeah. stands in Group C, they're literally nothing to play for in the final round of games. Bayern are going to go through top, Inter second, Barcelona into the Europa League and Victoria Pilsen are out of Europe yeah. altogether. Uh, just quickly in Group B, because we didn't um, touch on the other game in that group between Club Brugge and uh, Porto. Yes. Uh, both are through. Both are qualified. Um, basically, top slot still up for grabs next week. Um, obviously, Atleti need to. We mentioned Atleti needing to better buy a Leverkusen's result to 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 guarantee being in the Europa League. Mm. But there was an absolutely wild moment in this game with a two 
two penalty saves from Diogo Costa. Yeah. It was the same penalty retaken. So Diogo Costa saves the penalty. It's retaken for encroachment and he saves it again. Yeah. It's funny because you look at the scoreline, you'd be like, this game wasn't chaotic. It, it really was. Yeah, dude. Because... Uh, spare a thought for Noah Lang because, man... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Porto had a, a score to settle because they got beaten 4-0 yeah. by Brugge in the first game. Yeah. And I'm not sure there's been a reverse like that since Deportivo in Milan. Do you remember that? Back, back in the early yeah. 2000s where they got done... I think Deportivo beat Milan, got beaten 4-1 and then beat Milan 4-0 or something. I think it went that way. But like, this was the first time I've seen a team like come back and just clean up. And after Lang got that penalty saved, you could see him. I think he went to the corner straight afterwards, which is pretty wild. Like still shell-shocked from a penalty save and then are taking two corners and you could see his head just going like, what's happened here? And then within five minutes, I think Porto had a second goal, 3-0, 4-0, and then like it was it lights was, out. Yeah, and I think... Done. That was quite chastening for Brugge because they started this group really well. Yeah, it was their first defeat in the group. And they saw, I think, De Ketelera, the, uh, they saw De Ketelera in the summer to Milan. So they, mm. they've lost a big player and they've now gone on to do something quite impressive. So yeah, it was uh, quite chastening for them. Yeah, I mean, um, basically though, going through to the knockout stages for the first time in their history is yeah, still going to... Yeah. In that group as well, I think at the beginning of that group, a lot of people would have looked at them and, been, and tipped them as favourites to be bottom. And actually. they played some great football too. They really, really have. Yeah, yeah. Let's do Spurs because we've, we've waited far too long to go to this game. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Tottenham won, Sporting won. You were talking about people being on a journey. Amarim is, was probably the person who was on the most of a journey. In, <laughs> because for the, I think for the entire second half, he, he, I don't know how he did it actually. You know when you crouch for too long and you're a bit like, oh, my legs are going. <laughs> he, I'm pretty sure he was crouched for the entire second half with his head in his hands. He could not bear to watch. <laughs> there were actually, there was, there was, there was Sergio Conceição had that when um, I think Porto gave the penalty away. Yeah, the ridiculous God. penalty. Because the, the Porto, and there's a, there, maybe it's Portuguese coaches, their heads in their hands having existential moments, but Sergio Conceição, when uh, Porto gave a penalty away, was a ridiculous penalty. He was just like, what is my team doing? This is absurd. How is this my day job? Do but so we have to give, I mean, talk about one journey in particular, Marcus Edwards, a oh. physical and spiritual journey. So was on Spurs books, youth player, has gone to sporting and has been spectacular in this Champions League this season. Mm -hmm. And it feels like the bigger the spotlight, the more impressive performance. His goal here was unreal. Like the thing that's amazing about this goal is brilliant finish, edge of the box, like left foot, um, left to right, bottom corner. But the amazing about this goal is the first touch he takes the ball on the halfway line and he basically does the equivalent, like a crossover. It's so, so clever. It's amazing. Like he gets the ball, it comes into his feet and with one touch, he throws the shoulder left and goes right. And it's very rarely you see a first touch taken that's also a dribble. It's, un it's beautiful. Like it's so beautiful. Good. Yeah. Do you remember, sorry to cut yeah, him, the, the first time we met Ian, when we interviewed him and it was ahead of the Arsenal Victoria game at uh, Emirates Stadium. Yeah. Marcus Edwards was booed by the Arsenal fans because of his Spurs time. Was like, this, is, this is like... Amazing. This is a, deep, you know, it's a deep cut. I mean, it was like, what? the first, Was it the first or second season Arsenal were in the... Second season, I think, Arsenal were in the Europa League. And Pepe got two free kicks, wasn't it? Was just it? Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. It was just a bit like, oh God, are we really booing this young English guy who's playing for Victoria just because he used to play for Spurs? Can I, I say something? He ever played against Arsenal as a Spurs I, player. I respected it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I was, no, they didn't. Yes, on you'd one. Just be like, you, you, because if, you know if what, it was you, you'd be like, why aren't they booing me? Yeah, because it's, <laughs> you know what it is? Because I, I respect the research. 
It's a deep cut. Look, it's so there is there's something about it that is so petty. Did you imagine looking to grab me like you know what? Petty. Yeah, actually, fair enough. You know, fair play. You've got me there. <laughs> Someone's. Someone check the cliff notes. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a compliment exactly. But Marcus Edwards has been brilliant, and um, it was funny because there's a there's a comment after the game where he said, "I, I wasn't going to celebrate, but then like my friends and family were there, so I kind of you know <laughs> I had to celebrate." Man, I love I love it when people celebrate against their old clubs. Also, it's a big deal. You know, he went to Sporting, like he took a bit of a gamble on his career, and now now he's flying. Well, yeah, I mean that like what he left for Victoria in 2019, spent a few years there and then that got him the move to Sporting this season. It's great, yeah. I love when players make moves like that. Yeah, yeah. Going from Spurs as a youth player to Victoria, like we know what the English game is like. When you're in a when you go and leave the English game, you go off the radar, you really fall off the radar. And especially at a club like, you know, Victoria, it's a good local club, but it's not getting the international profile. So, you've got a long way to come back into people's consciousness, right? It's a big big gamble, but Look at it now. It's a well, and, and they're superbly coached sporting. They're playing great football and they've got a great oh, chance. The is amazing. Yeah. So 1 0 to Spurs and then the drama really. Well, no, kicks it was 1 0 to sporting and then yeah, exactly, yeah, equalised in the yeah. 80th minute. Lovely goal, actually. Yeah. He had another chance a little bit later on. Before, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to before those. The, the, the penalty. I looked at the. Uh, there's a match notification on FOTMOG which just said Antonio Conte, red card 90 plus 9. This gave me a bit of an idea that I might actually speak to Fotmob on it. Maybe we should do a Stadio collaboration with Fotmob on some t-shirts of just getting certain match notifications on a t-shirt. Oh my God, that'd be amazing. And that'd it would just amazing. be like, do you remember when there was uh, that day, for example, where something like five Serie A managers all got sent off? All sent off, yeah. That we'll being, just do the... Yeah. <laughs> or like a yellow card, a goal, then another yellow card and off. Yeah. Like a five minute match. A, a, like the hero's journey. 46 minutes on, <laughs> 47 minutes yellow, 48 minutes goal, 49 minutes yellow, red. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, incredible. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Moose's dream debut. Oh my goodness, don't even start. That's incredible. <laughs> um, but the energy, I, I just tweeted like the energy here is just incredible. And it was, I mean, the closing stages of this game. So Spurs, yeah, so, um, yeah, go on, yeah. you, you take us through it. Take us, take us on a journey, Moose. Bentico- <laughs> So I put some music in the background. <laughs> so obviously Spurs get that equaliser um, and then very, very late on. And it's funny because Emerson Royale is trying this pass into the channels throughout the injury time when it's one all and he miscues one and he has his redemption moment. Plays in Harry Kane and Harry Kane sweeps it into the corner. It's 2-1 and everyone goes wild. Benches clear, Bedlam, all the rest of it. And then VAR come in. Like the Grinch stealing Christmas. And it's weird because even at the time when I saw it, I was like, maybe that's offside. It just felt too good to be true. Like maybe it'll get pulled back and it gets pulled back and the air just goes out of the stadium. And now there's a lot of talk about um, Spurs and VAR and the frustration of it. But here's the thing I will say. Eric Dyer had two clear headers six to eight yards out in injury time and both of them were missed. And the really frustrating and painful thing is this thing should never even gone to VAR. Like Spurs should have taken this 2-1. They should have won. And this is the frustration maybe for them. Oh, I don't think they deserve. You're going to do it. Well, I look, here's the thing. I, I don't think, in terms of how sporting played in the early stages, I think a defeat would have been tough for them. But in terms of the quality of chance creation that Spurs did in the last 10 minutes of the game, after the Benton, well, the last 20 minutes, after the Benton court, up until that, Spurs made enough to take this away. And this is the overarching frustration. Does that make sense? Like, mm. it shouldn't have gone that late. It, it should have been over. It should have been 
two, three, one in the last 10 minutes. And I wonder if that is a big part of the frustration for Spurs. Because it's been a tough, you know, they couldn't, the thing about this result was painful for them, I would say, is it's hard. It's been, you know, brutal month. They've obviously, they, they, they've got the bereavement. Um, they lost yeah. a dearly beloved coach. They'll still be they're dealing with that. They've had some bad results in the league. They've stumbled a bit. It must have felt like at a certain level, we can't catch a break here. You know, like in football, sometimes there's times when like clubs just go through it and like ridiculous things happen. Who's that guy, Canizares, one time who cut his foot on... Um, no, uh, he dropped an aftershave bottle. Yeah, and he right. cut his foot, put himself out of a tournament. Yeah, just stuff, stuff like that is happening to Spurs at the moment where like things are just not going for them. And the moment it went to VAR, I remember thinking to myself, do you know what? It's probably going to be offside because Spurs are just... That's, that's what's happened to them at the moment. They're just not, they're not getting that, that run, that luck, that, you know. Mm. So yeah, that's how I, not to get existential, but it kind of felt like that watching them last night. Yeah. Every now and again, you get a decision that is correct. Mm. But decisions like this actually make me realise how good officials are. Mm. Because you could see Eric Dyer saying, the ball went backwards. Mm. I'll, I'll, literally, I'll just read Dale Johnson's tweet because obviously he's amazing on this. Harry Kane ahead of the ball. The ball went backwards, Eric Dyer said. The direction of ball is played is irrelevant for offside. The deflection is also not a deliberate play, so it doesn't reset Kane's offside position. Right. So I think a lot of football fans and players would probably have to admit that they weren't 100% sure about this. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wild, isn't it? Your instinct is to kind of be like, oh, it's not offside. Like the players in the moment. And it actually makes you realise that in all of that drama, you know, Danny McKelly, mm. the referee, who's, I, I think is a really good ref, actually. Yeah. I mean, he enjoys being a good ref a little too much, but still. He does. It's okay. Yeah. It's I mean, okay. okay. He enjoys it a bit too much, but still. You don't have a trim like that yeah, unless exactly. you know that you're going to get There's a certain type of hair grease that only certain referees have. Yeah. That is a hairstyle of a man who knows he's going to be yeah. visible, on visible. camera with his yeah. hand on his ear a number of times a game. Absolutely. Do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Very much so. so. When you were at well, came back after a preseason with some like, Oh, I think it was lockdown and he had like, he'd done his own lockdown hair and it was a little bit like, mm, bad time to be a, be a referee with that trim at the moment, honestly. Things you noticed, my God. Oh yeah, it was so bad, man. I mean, to be honest, the whole timeline noticed, I think people remember that. Everyone is coming over to him going absolutely wild and he's just like, doesn't matter if the ball went backwards, it doesn't of matter course, if the ball went backwards. I, and how has that become a like, thing? Yeah. The, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Like he was ahead of the ball. And actually it's interesting because I think it's, yeah, it makes a load of sense, but it's not something that we've thought about before. Well, you we say don't. that, but I've, Brian, I've been judged by the offside rule my entire life. That's it. So, you know, you, this, couldn't, look, you couldn't hear that, but I just rolled my eyes so hard. I nearly fell off my chair. Listen, my whole life listen, has been navigating. Listen, no, no, you no, listen. no, 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 no. You and I are good friends, right? I've, we've talked a lot off air, off the mic. And believe me, I know that you have been judged for a lot of things extremely unfairly in your life, right? But being offside. <laughs> Listen, the offside rule. What did Cruyff say? What did Cruyff say? <laughs> the offside rule is the border control of football. And I, <laughs> that is, that's what it is. And I look. I look at the offside line and I see border control. And this is why I'm instantly aware of it. <laughs> so does that mean that English clubs should be given offside more because they're not in the European Union anymore? Well, why not? 
Listen, let people enjoy freedom of movement. If I had my choice, there'd be no offside rule, but no one listens to me. Dude, let's have this arbitrary if you wait for it implemented, like when Brexit came in, they'd be like, we're actually implementing the, this new rule, this new law, to the, this, this change to the offside law, that basically any club that resides in an EU member state yes. is not allowed to be given offside. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, do you know what though? The fucking weirdest thing is you'd see the borders fly open. You would. You would absolutely. <laughs> fucking Farage would be on Twitter being like, oh, you no. ain't for mafia. You ain't for mafia. <laughs> like, this is a disgrace. Open the borders. We can't have our beloved football teams out of Europe for offside laws. Open the borders. Do it, I say. Can you imagine <laughs> if fucking after all of the shit that we've given them, UEFA with a single-handedly reversed Brexit? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh, we're ridiculous. Okay. So, so, but yeah, this was a... <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. We're, we're ridiculous. Yeah, we're ridiculous. <laughs> so Spurs came with a one or draw. Look, it's still to play for. That's the one good thing. Um, but frustrating them because a win would have taken them through. Yeah, uh, and they they could have they could have done they could have done sport, with the break. Sporting though, no. Yeah, and actually, when when they conceded with ten minutes to go with the Bentan court, I remember thinking oh, because they controlled the game quite well, and I actually thought, to be honest, on balance, it would have been really harsh if they'd lost this. So on balance, I think it was a fair result. I think the point was fair. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think I think so. I think so. But I think that going back to what I was saying earlier on about the game being fundamentally different mm. is that it was almost dead silent in the stadium with no information yeah, yeah. for ages. And then all of a sudden an offside decision is given mm. and no one can really understand it. And I was like, fuck, like five years ago, mm. that goal is just a goal. And we go to an ad break, we come back after the break, Jake Humphrey's going on about what night it would have been for the nation. And Rio Ferdinand's just like, you want mate? <laughs> And I know that that sounds a bit like, oh, so you want goals that weren't goals to be goals kind of thing. But mm. it was so tight, that goal. Yeah, I think it was so spiritually tight. onside. It's so tight. I think it's a spiritually onside goal. I, I think, think so. Do you think it's is it going in the spiritually onside vault? Definitely, definitely, because it was like, in terms of the, the crescendo, it's the way that Spurs have been building. Like they had kept creating, they kept working, kept pushing. Like Emerson Royale had played a really bad pass straight into touch, um, well, straight out of play. And he could have just had his head down, lost it. He kept probing. He kept trying to make openings. So I rate them for that. Um, mm. But yeah, definitely a spiritual cycle. Do you think, uh, I, I, sorry, just, uh, <laughs> I just got the fact I had fought my butt and it's got the ticker on the right hand side. And just, I just love the casual, the casual nature of the last, the last one. That's all for today. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> have you had your fill? Are you not entertained? Well, that, that's no, what the referee should say. Yeah, that's there, exactly. So, all to play for in that group. Mm. I suppose I only need a point away at Marseille to go through. You got beaten 2-1 by Frankfurt. They did. But everyone can qualify and everyone can go out. Love it. <laughs> it was wild. Uh, let's quickly round up some other stuff. So, Napoli beating Rangers 3-0. Two goals for Giovanni Simeone. With a fast start Napoli as well. So good, man. They're just so good. And Simeone doing, looking really good in advance of the World Cup. Let's see if he gets on the plane. That'd be great if he does, finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other game in that group, Liverpool also winning 3-0 over Ajax in Amsterdam. Uh, it was a great Darwin Nunez goal. 
It's a great goal from Harvey Elliott as well. And the Salah goal, and the, the pass Salah from Henderson. Pick of the pick of the bunch, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah. Lovely outside of the foot, Alsen wrist, as they say in German. There's a lot of Alsen wrist on the commentaries on uh, channeling his inner Modric there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that Salah goal was amazing. And uh, Napoli and Liverpool both through. Rangers need to beat Ajax by five goals to get into the Europa League. Tall order. Safe to say, I can't see the five nil happening, but you know, we'll see. No, we'll see. I can't either. Uh, Liverpool can top the group if they beat Napoli by four goals. Mm, not sure I can see that happening either, but you don't know. You don't know. And Dombele's having a lovely time for Napoli. I've got to say this. There's a man who's enjoying his, uh, his move. Oh my God. He had that shot off the bar, which right. was so good. Um, I want him to really score some like worldies. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need to talk about some of the games we missed. What other games have we missed? Oh, RB Leipzig. Talk about good goals. RB Leipzig beating Real Madrid 3-2 in Leipzig. Listen, this team Real Werner goal. Real a couple, but still. They did. Could we talk about Timo Werner? Timo Werner, this goal, I mean, it was great work for, by Christopher Nkuku. We know yeah. that. But watch the run. Watch the yeah. way Werner stops slightly, slows the run down, points and goes. He is a nightmare to supervise. As a second striker, he's still extreme. Yeah. Look, I, still, I still just really, really like him. And I think that in the right system, like I said, Pep nearly never worked him out. And it wasn't Pep, because he was unhappy. Pep did not like playing yeah. Timo Werner. Nightmare, nightmare. Not at all. Alongside um, a prolific striker, well, not, not, that's not fair because Werner is prolific. He can be streaky, but I think alongside a dead-eyed finisher, Werner is an excellent second striker. Glad to see him back to back to some, some measure of form and happiness, actually. Uh, Real had a couple of players out, but this is still a really good win for Leipzig. And yeah, again, I mean, Real the, through. Their direction of travel is good, RB Leipzig, mm. I've got to say, in terms of what they're doing on the pitch. Celtic, meanwhile, they're going to finish bottom of the group no matter what. Shakhtar, they can still go through to the knockout stages. Can I say that's a shame because Celtic have played some great football. Celtic yeah, have played have, some really actually. good stuff in this group. I would have loved to have seen them either in the, champ- either in, even in the Europa League. Yeah. People look at that group and be like, oh, they're bottom. But actually, like, the quality of football that came out of this group was high. Oh, I would say, really actually, fun group, if, if, I look, actually. if I look at the games that have given me the most joy, definitely say that, like, Celtic, Leipzig, that was a great game, the last one they, they played. When Real beat Celtic, Celtic had them, like, for the first 20 minutes. They were really on them until, had their foot in their necks until Alverde broke for that goal uh, with mm. Vinicius. So, it, yeah, they've been a little bit, not short-changed, I would say, but People might look at those eventual standings and not think they offered as much as they did. Um, let's do Group G quickly. Man City are top. They will qualify top. Dortmund will go through second. Sevilla will go into the Europa League. And Copenhagen are out completely. Let's go with a gorgeous goal. Oh my God. Yeah. Reminding us of the pedigree, goal. showing us the levels, giving it to Was us. This first goal for Sevilla? First one that I've noticed. It was an amazing goal. Um, speaking of first goals, Carlos Soler got his first goal for PSG as they beat Maccabi Haifa. 7-2. Nice low drive. Seventh. And lots of, like, lots of top corner finishes. Messi was in his bag. Messi's just playing really, really good this yeah. season. He's, he's, to be honest, he's been pretty good since he went to PSG. I think it took him a little while initially because I just think it was a bit of a culture shock for him when you're so right. used to playing in a, in, a, in a certain way for a certain club in a certain environment for so long. It's going to take a while, but I mean, he's playing some of the best football he has done for a while. I mean, the thing I love, I love about his game, though, is that he's adapting to his body. You know, he's never been the most athletic of players. Mm. He's doing exactly what we said he would do 
and become more and more of a facilitator and a playmaker. But still, he's still scoring goals. Yeah, exactly. He's the first, was he the first player to score 10 and assist 10 this season in Europe's top five leagues? He's basically there, like, you know, his point guard, pass first point guard. That's what he's become. It's unreal. And like the way he's playing, he's so comfortable and he's got those finishes ahead of him for club and country. Well, I've just written an essay about this, which has just gone up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I won't say to you, I won't repeat myself in terms of what I've written, but yeah, he's, he's in great form. Uh, Maccabi Haifa, shout he's out still to- still going to Europa League. Shout out to Sek, who got a couple of headers. And I looked at that and he, he's what, he's 30? Sen- uh, Senegalese mm-hmm. centre half. And I thought that guy might be due a move again at some point, because he only just got to Maccabi Haifa. If you're an agent with a bit of nous about you, you're like, mm, well, this guy can score goals two, two against PSG. How about it? So yeah, good news for him. Um, we need to talk yeah. about, well, you, we need to talk about Benfica Juve, but Juve yeah. basically have, Juve host PSG next week, Maccabi Haifa host Benfica. Mm. Uh, whoever gets the best result will go through to- Benfica could top the group. The Europa League, yeah. That's so impressive. They could do. Yep. Um, I think if it stays as it is, Juve will go into Europa League. Um, but let's talk about Benfica because they beat Juve 4-3. Mm. It's worse than it looks actually, wasn't it? it yeah, was worse. I think so. Yeah. So 4-3, but it was 4-1 till relatively late. Mm. Um, and Benfica just playing with freedom, with style. They took two draws off of PSG and they just absolutely went for it here. It's a fearless team. And they're, again, they're like, like Porto a team that are going to enter the knockout stages a little bit underrated. Mm. Complacent, not, not, not teams, but I think supporters will respond to drawing Porto Benfica a bit like teams respond to drawing Villarreal and the complacency will cost someone. Mm. Someone's, going to get, someone's going to get burned badly by this Benfica team. Rafa Silva's goal, his little like flick behind the foot. <laughs> the confidence so to finish good. like that. It was he had so, so much time. Good. He had so much time. He could have stopped it and put it in the bottom corner. The zone commentary in Germany couldn't believe it. I thought he was actually going to like combust. <laughs> it was really funny. Like, he just started saying stuff like Kunst, which is art for those people. It's not rude, but he was just like, he's basically playing football from another, no, he's in another football sphere. Oh, that's well, incredible. Kind of I was that's like, incredible. oh my God, someone check on your guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's trouble over you at Juve, man. It's, we've been talking about it for a while. I'm not really sure what, they did, what they're going to do because they seem pretty locked into this Max Allegri thing. And there was this amazing thing about, uh, I can't remember who, who wrote it now, but it was basically of all of the Super League teams, <laughs> basically like only a few of them are actually still in the Champions League. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, this I was the know. thing with the Super League. They knew... They knew there was a chasing pack who were going to catch up to them. They knew they were going to go yeah. far on historical clout and heritage. Was it and Liverpool, Chelsea, Real Madrid? Spurs are technically still in it at the moment. I mean, I still think they've kind of got, I, th- I still think the clubs have kind of got away with, with that outrageous oh, attempt. As well, right? Really, and there should still be a lot of anger over that. There's a bit. Yeah, they're still, yeah, they've it should totally be more got sustained. It. it should be more yeah. sustained, um, which is why, unfortunately, why they might try it again. They will the, backlash, the backlash wasn't as severe as it should have been. There, there was a video from the new CEO who, of the company that's printing it last week, but I don't want to talk about it at the moment. Yeah. They're consistently yeah. trying to keep it in the news. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. They don't deserve that. It's a fucking stupid idea. Yeah. We talked about it when it happened first time around. There's, there's nothing football loves more than a terrible idea. Mm. <laughs> if history has shown us anything. I mean, so we're going to be here again soon. Yeah. Um, Just quickly yeah, before Benfica, we roll though. Yeah. Oh no, go on, Benfica. 
No, it's just, yeah, big shout to them. Uh, Roger Schmidt doing wonderful work there, having come from PSG, uh, PS, PSG, PSV. PSV. Who would have thought have it, it huh? yeah. Roger Schmidt, Leverkusen legend. I just love hires Ending like that. Benfica. I know, man. I just love hires like He's that. Like, really dream, kind of, yeah, he yeah, went yeah. to Eindhoven and then he went to Lisbon. Nice town. The food. Oh my God. The food. The food. There you go. Sorry. Everyone, sorry. Drink. Sorry. sorry. Ironic. Ironically, for food mentioned, drink. Uh, right, let's quickly wrap on Group E because we haven't talked about this. Chelsea uh, beating Salzburg 2 1. Lovely Kai Harvard's goal in this game. Mm. Seal it. Some really nice football from Chelsea as well. In they this were game. really good, man. Yeah. They go through. A point will do it for, for Milan to join Chelsea. Um, but if Salzburg beat Milan, they will be into the knockout stages in the Champions League. Uh, Milan being Dinamo Zagreb 4-0 in Zagreb. Anything else you would like to touch on, Musa? I think that's all good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. All right, man. Let's get out of here. Let's do it. We hope everyone's staying safe, staying well. Don't forget to check Musa's piece on the ringer.com forward slash soccer. Is it up now? Yeah, it just went up. Yeah, yeah. Just oh, nice. Up. Don't forget to check the Stadio Out just plays on Spotify. Speaking of which, playing out on Lee Tracy and Isaac Manning, Love is Everlasting. Anything you want to have, Musa? Yeah, just to say that love is everlasting, uh, but life is not. So enjoy it, people. Stay well. Oh, wow. Catch you next time. Much love, everyone. We'll be back on Monday. See you then. Right.